All right. Well, we actually made it. Episode one of Business and Buckets. Uh, thanks to everyone who's already followed me, shared out the word on other social media platforms. Got our YouTube channel going up. Got the website up. Um, got an Instagram, Twitter, Facebook page. You name it, we got it out there. So, um, you know, excited to actually make it here to episode one. It's been a long time in the making. I want to say. June or July is really when <clears throat> I knew that this podcast was going to be something that I was going to come through on and really just deliver on. And I'm excited to have all the hard work and the fruition to actually come here and be able to talk sports with you guys today on episode one. I've done a previous episode uh, that made me put episode one, but technically episode zero, the pro, uh, prologue, where I just talk a little bit about my background, you know, why I'm getting into business and buckets. Obviously, we're on the sports side of the segment today. I look plan on launching our first business episode with uh, the first business guest, DJ Akira, one of my coworkers, um, awesome friends, that I'll probably launch in the next two weeks. So tune into the social media channels or the website for the upcoming release on that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, what can I say? I'm excited to finally be able to accomplish this. It's been a dream of mine for quite some time, and I'm excited to see it grow and improve uh, throughout my experience in the podcasting network. Uh, but again, thanks to everyone who's already been a part of this and, and shared the word out. Excited to see what happens in the next couple, couple weeks and months and see uh, what kind of fans are collaborating with me and being involved on, on the sports side and business side as well. Um, before I jump into the, the big headlines, we have a ton to cover today. Obviously, I'm in a perfect position uh, with, with sports coverage as we just have the NFL super wild card weekend this weekend. Lots of good games on tap. Uh, we have the NCAA championship football game coming up. Uh, for me, huge UFC fight cards that I'm super excited about to start the year off. We'll talk about the, the future of 2021 and the state of the UFC here shortly as well. i talk a little Supercross, some baseball free agency, and, uh, and some early NBA action. I'll dive further into the NBA and MLB after the NFL playoffs as, I mean, th those are the big topics right now. And to be honest, MLB's offseason is garbage so far. But, uh, you know, really want to just kind of separate a, a, a where this niche is that I've found and why, why I'm in this segment and why I want to be able to talk sports to you guys. I know for me, especially with coronavirus being at home a lot, I just have a lot more extra time. I'm not commuting. Um, you know, when the gym was open, I was going to the gym, but I'm not driving to the gym cause the gyms are shut down right now. So just a lot of, you know, I'm a single guy living by myself, a lot of time to surf the TV, read different books, uh, surf the web, you know, whatever you want to spend your free time doing. And I find myself not really being able to find something as big of a sports fan as I am a sports show or somewhere where I can go to actually get some, some fun takeaways, some deep dives on things I enjoy, and really just the, the sports takes that I like. Uh, ESPN is pretty saturated with big names talking big subjects. They don't really get into the nitty-gritty. They don't give me the X's and O's. They don't give me the fun stats. It's just, you know, the, the public media clickbait headlines. Like today, it was all about Doug Peterson and the Eagles. Why are we talking about that? We got really good football uh, games coming up. Obviously, that's, you know, a touchy subject with the Doug Peterson thing. I just don't want to waste my energy on it. I think it's pretty plain and simple. Doug Peterson is doing what the franchise is telling him to do. I don't blame this on Doug Peterson. I don't blame this on Carson Wentz. You know, if I got a fat contract uh, such as Carson Wentz and was told I'm the future of the team, they end up benching me and move on to another player because of my performance, I'd probably be a little upset too. It'll be interesting to see if that relationship works out or not. Uh, but I really want to dive into the teams that earn our time, you know, talk about the things that are upcoming. 
where to put our money at and uh, just have some sweet hot takes through 2021 with you guys as we, you know, venture through this new world of COVID and, and hopefully things change and we get to go see sports in person again. I, I, I know I miss going to basketball games. I was supposed to go to a Luka Doncic game to watch his uh, first game to see him live last year before COVID. Uh, lots of outdoor and indoor concerts. I'm just excited to be able to do those things. But in the meantime, my way of socializing will be working on my weekly podcast with you guys, uh, being able to uh, just collaborate with you guys online and, and socialize that way. So I'm excited to have that opportunity. Uh, but, you know, I want to be that sports niche that you guys tune in. If you're like me, sick of looking at the ESPNs and all these other big names, and I know there's a bajillion podcasts out there. If I could have done this five years, I would have loved to, but here we are, uh, starting strong. I know for me, uh, the outlets that I look to for sports knowledge that I actually enjoy now is, is mostly online. I enjoy The Athletic. I think getting the beat writers of all those sports teams and big names diving deep into the teams is fascinating, and they're putting out pretty consistent content, which is uh, fascinating. I do like the Players' Tribune, getting a little different uh, spinoff on just people's stories or maybe big things that had happened through players' careers from the players' standpoint, so I'm enjoying that. I still go to Bleacher Report a little bit. It's becoming more of a news channel and outlet such as like ESPN, uh, but they do, do give you some good deep dive um outlets on your on your favorite teams and um really you know what i'm going to be talking about is going to be a lot involved with you guys so whoever tunes in please email me business and buckets podcast at gmail hit the dms on twitter instagram if you have a team you want me to deep dive into you just want me to touch further on the specific subjects i'd love to uh like right now for me i'm a jazz fan super excited for basketball Besides the fact that my Jazz just got smothered by the Brooklyn Nets tonight without Kevin Durant or Spencer Dinwiddie and I think another person. So that was a bummer. But, you know, being excited about basketball, you know, my idea is to not super deep dive into that for a couple weeks after NFL playoffs. But if one of your fans are excited as I am, like, hey, man, I'm a huge Hornets fan. Please deep dive the team for me. I'd love to do that as well. So, you know, whatever kind of feedback I get from you guys, that's really what I want to uh, touch base on. And my Twitter is pretty active. If you go to the Business and Buckets webpage, you'll see I have a live Twitter stream there. So you guys can keep up with my Twitter stream. Uh, keep going there. I have a Business and Buckets page as well as my own personal page. Usually a lot of um, information will be crossed over from one to another. Or I'll retweet that. Uh, but please keep that in mind. Uh, love to have as much involvement because that'll give me more content that I'm um, reaching to. And as this grows, you know, I'll be able to get to everybody. Uh, but I think it's fun to have that involvement. Uh, the Athletic has a Q&A that they allow fans to do with some of the beat writers of the teams, and that's really cool. Just seeing what their takes are, whether you agree with them or not. Um, I like that engagement, so I definitely want to make sure that that's involved here um, at Business and Buckets. And hopefully the socials will grow. We'll get that blue verified check. I can start showing up on UFC streams with the little Twitter at the side and just get a, a lot more feed, feedback online. So... Again, please spread and share the word. Excited to get this going. So let's not waste any time. Some big games coming up this weekend. Um, I can't wait. I'm in Seattle. It's pissing rain here. I don't think I've seen the sun since I left to Montana over Christmas. Um, you know, as long as it's snowing in the mountains, it's fine. I'm a big snowboarder. Got to go to one of the local mountains up here by Canada, Mount Baker, this last weekend. Actually had some of the best conditions and new snow that I've ever seen in the state of Washington since I've been here. So it was a ton of fun. But there's not a lot for me to do. 
Uh, you know, when it's raining constantly, it's really gray. Sports is definitely my outlet. So I'm excited to have a jam-packed weekend so I don't have to feel too terrible about couch surfing and, and munching on some good game day food and then indulging in a couple beverages because, hey, it, it's pissing rain and it's just yucky out here. So um, what we'll do is we'll just we'll, we'll go through the order of the games and I'll give you guys my uh, tidbits. Really, the big thing I, I go for is... Um, you know, kind of X's and O's, looking at the matchups, and I'm a big statistical guy. I know for me, I don't always get to watch the games. I like looking at the box scores that'll kind of tell a message and, and a, a story of the game without seeing it. Uh, but I think stats do make a huge difference. And um, the first game of the week that we have is the Bills versus the Colts, which I think is going to be game of the Super Wild Card weekend. I would potentially have said... The Ravens and Titans, but we've seen that. We saw the uh, playoff matchup last year. We saw them play, I, I want to say, week seven this year. So we've seen what that aspect will bring and what to expect from there. But the Bills haven't played the Colts this year, and I think it's, uh, you know, as the Bills being the hot, momentous team that's got all the action going on, everyone wants to be a part of the Bills bandwagon right now, or Bills Mafia, uh, the Colts could could be a, a tough matchup for them. Um I think the X factor in this game is going to be Jonathan Taylor versus the Bills run defense. As everybody knows, I'm sure the Bills de run defense is one of their weaker points on that defense. Um, and Jonathan Taylor is starting to get a, a huge momentum wave, kind of like David Montgomery from the Bears. Uh, so if they can just try to keep Josh Allen off the field, get that run game going, be physical, you know, <laughs> the biggest thing is, Unlike the Steelers game a couple weeks ago against the Colts, second half, if you have a lead, stick to that run game, right? Stick to the script. If they can do that, I think they definitely have a chance. We got the 10th-ranked Colts defense versus the 16th-ranked Bills defense. Two pretty decent defenses. I think the Colts' numbers got imploded a little bit towards the end of the season, but a pretty, uh, very tough defense there. We have the Bills' number two-ranked offense with the most yards per game, and the Colts are 10th, so... Two pretty high-powered offenses as well. But I think the big matchup here outside of the run game uh, against the Bills' defense is going to be really the play-action setup off Jonathan Taylor. Um, obviously, we all know T.Y. Hilton. I think that the Bills will have some of their better corners and Jordan Poirier over the over the top to help save some of those big plays that he has. Poirier, sorry, I'm thinking of Dustin Poirier on the UFC. But um, I think Michael Pittman and Zach Pascal are going to be the big matchups. You know, who are they going to have cover them? What kind of zone schematically is Buffalo going to run? Because these two can uh, catch underneath, open the deep ball, which, you know, I don't know how often the, the Colts are going to be going for the deep ball. But, hey, you get the play action, you get a couple big plays, you run the clock out, own the time of possession, you don't turn the ball over, you have a chance. The biggest reason I am picking the Bills, though, just like Vegas and probably majority of the team, uh, crowd is I don't believe in Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers has openly ad uh, admitted that he would probably um, retire after this year. They're lucky to be in the playoff game if it wasn't for the Steelers playing their JV team. The Browns probably would have lost, which would, uh, I believe, kick the Colts out. So they're lucky to be here. I'm sure he's going to put it all on the line, but I've seen Philip Rivers in the, the spotlight so many times, and he usually cr crumbles under pressure. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Uh, the, the the Bills' defense does have a good defensive line, so if they could get to, to them and cause some corruption, a couple turnovers by the Colts, this could get an ugly game. So Colts are definitely going to have to play a, a pretty smooth game and not have a lot of issues, but I do think uh, that it's going to be a fun one and it'll probably be the, one of the ones that I'm most excited for for the weekend and the best game of the weekend. It's the first game. It's at 
10.05 Pacific time on Saturday, so nice and early in the morning. Get some action-packed football, get some brunch going. Now, Josh Allen, Wyoming kid. I lived in Wyoming. I didn't go to the University of Wyoming. I went to the University of Montana. But obviously, being a Wyoming kid and growing up watching Cowboys games, huge Josh Allen fan, and to see him be where he's at and as accomplished as he is today is super awesome. I think even the NFL scouts and myself saw it in college, just the arm strength and the poise and the potential that he has. But putting everything together, and really the biggest difference was was getting that trade from Stephon Diggs, right? Getting Stephon Diggs from the Vikings, having that big play option. You know, he has a lot of good under, um, you know, short short route running, quick guys as receivers like Cole Beasley, who's expected not to play this weekend, which is huge for the Bills. Uh, but they never had that nice deep threat, and then having that with Stephon Diggs, I think, has really helped them excel this year. And it'll be really interesting to see, um, you know, that that duo in the next few years. As Josh Allen finished fifth in passing with four thousand five hundred forty-four yards this year, which is very impressive. And then Diggs, who finished first in receiving with one thousand five hundred thirty-five yards, obviously that's impressive feat in itself, especially uh, coming from Minnesota and and the way we've seen that play out the past few years. And then Jordan Poyer, fourth in the league with tackles with 91. I think that's a guy's name that doesn't get talked about a lot. A guy's a beast. He's all over the field. He's physical. He'll disrupt things. So I think he'll definitely probably be a a big uh, issue for Phillip Rivers, and it'll be interesting to see this play out. I was hoping for a snow game. Looking at the forecast in Buffalo, uh, there's no snow in the forecast, which is a little bit of a bummer. I think Bill's Mafia would love that as well. Uh, but let's see what the Bills can do. I mean, when it comes to playoffs, everyone has these conceptions. The Ravens and Titans was a great example last year with the Ravens getting upset. If you can't run the ball and play good defense in the playoffs, it doesn't matter, right? Unless you're a crazy offense is scoring 40 uh, points a game, you know, high 30s a game, which usually doesn't happen in the NFL, especially as people start getting more film, figure out your schematics and the cold weather hits in the playoffs. So the Bills are going to have to figure out how to get the run game if they want to move on, um, not only past this game, but through the playoffs. I know that they have a couple of guys, but Singletary has been struggling. Zach Moss, I don't know if he has the coach's confidence yet, but we'll see how, how that run game goes on. That's the big thing I'm watching for, and I want to see how Phillip Rivers does. I mean, this could be the end of his career, and you know, if he made a run, it would definitely improve his legacy as he's never won a Super Bowl, uh, but... I got my money on the Bills, even though I do think it is the best matchup of Super Wild Card Weekend, so stay tuned for that. Next up, we have a 140 kickoff on Saturday. This is Pacific time. Rams versus Seahawks, another divisional game. I think we're all familiar with how you know how these games are played. It's usually pretty ugly. Both teams have opportunity to have good offense, but when they play each other, they don't really. It's just how divisional games work out. And to be quite frank, the C- the Rams have a bunch of issues right now. Goff broke his thumb. Is he going to play? Whether he plays or doesn't, I think they're going to have trouble. I'm like Vegas picking the Seahawks. I will say, though, Walford has looked good, but I don't think he's going to be able to keep up with the Seahawks offense. The Seahawks, towards the end of the season, did play some pretty tough defensive teams, and everybody's worried that the Seahawks offense is broken. You know, there's lots of issues there. I think as long as that run game goes, I think they'll be fine. They'll be able to uh, do the play action, play action off that. Now, keep in mind, statistically, the Rams' defense is number one overall. The Seahawks are about fifteenth. Um, the Rams have some big, some big boys with some big stats. They got 
Mr. Aaron Donald, potential defensive player of the year candidate, who finished second in the league with sacks with 13 and a half. Um, he was third in the league with, for t- with tackles for a loss at 20. And they also have Leonard Floyd, huge addition. Those two mean guys in the defensive line are impressive to watch. He was ninth in the NFL with sacks with 10 and a half, so double-digit sacks as well. And um, on the CX defensive side of things, they have Quandre Diggs, who's fourth in, in interceptions with five. But that that Rams defense is a story. You got Jalen Ramsey. Uh, you got a couple other good corners on there who've really impressed this year. And I, I think they can definitely suffocate the Seahawks, but I don't think the Rams offense is going to go anywhere, right? Unless this is a, a crazy story like the, the Bears were when they went to the Super Bowl against the Colts. I don't think that the defense can alone win this thing. And I think the Seahawks got enough things figured out that they could run some. They're kind of a gadgety team. Just looking at things on film to find a couple plays to get the job done. I do think this will be a fun game, though. Um, you know, hey, everyone likes an underdog story. Wofford, maybe he comes out in slings. They do have good weapons. I believe Cooper Cup is potentially out of this game as well. So there's just a lot of missing pieces for the Rams. I know Cam Akers is pretty beat up. You know, he's he had a lot of momentum coming at the end of the year. But last game, I think he averaged like 2.4 yards a carry, even though they gave him the ball a lot. Uh, they do have a couple other running backs. Darrell Henderson, I believe, is also injured or on COVID. So there's way too many issues for me to put my money on the Rams. I would have liked to see a healthy Rams team versus a healthy Seahawks team. Um, when it comes to health, I know Jamal Adams uh, potentially might not play or not, or might not play as well. If he doesn't play, I think that's one of the biggest missing pieces for the the Seahawks. We saw how bad their defense was throughout the year without him uh, leeching over the top and, uh, and affecting the other team's run game. But to the case of Cam Akers' injuries, Darrell Henderson's question marks, I just don't think they're going to have enough run game to make a difference. Uh, but, you know, if, if you're putting money down, I would definitely wait to see the word on Jamal Adams because he is definitely going to make a, a, a big difference in this game. These two teams have played twice this year, obviously, and they were pretty low, low scoring with not a lot of rushing. With what I think is going to happen and what I think – a lot of people forget. I live in in the Seattle area, so lots of Seahawks fans. They're always complaining about not having a good offensive line and wanting a better offensive line, which to me is super funny because when I see Russell Wilson have time in the pocket, it's almost like he just isn't himself. He almost is like Big Ben in his prime where he does better scrambling a little bit, causing chaos, doing his magic tricks in the backfield, and letting his receivers get all that time to separate. And that's why Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf have done so well this year is those potential deep throws, those play actions, uh, him escaping somebody and getting the ball off. Um DK Metcalf ended up finishing seventh in the league as a receiver with 1,303 yards. And Russell Wilson was ninth in the NFL in passing with 4,212. He's always consistently up there. So um, I definitely think that it'll be a messy game, but Russell Wilson will get enough to get this done. And it's been pissing rain out here, so I'd imagine it's going to be rainy. Um, I can't remember the new stadium name. I still call it the Clink CenturyLink. Uh, They have a new lame name, but... Um, I think it's going to be a, a messy game, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was uh, if, if it was the under of whatever the over-under is. So I'd definitely look into the under on that game. Now, the nightcap, probably my least favorite game of the weekend, which why they put this on freaking Saturday night. The only reason is because of Tom Brady. So we have to struggle through that game Saturday night. I wish the fights were Saturday night. We'll get to those in a minute, but they're actually an early ABC card. So 
won't even be able to watch the fight Saturday night. I'll probably struggle through this game. I mean, there's not as much to be said here. Washington football team is going to supposedly let Alex Smith and um, Taylor Heineke play, which doesn't make any sense to me. Um, maybe they think they can throw the Bucks defense off, but I don't think they're going to have any luck. Even with their D-line, their D-line is a mean D-line. And if we think of very good D-lines against Tom Brady, you think of the Giants of past who are able to kind of be his kryptonite. But I don't think that Tom Brady ever had as many offensive weapons and potential as he does with the Buccaneers. We could list all the names, the Antonio Browns, the Rob Gronkowskis, the Chris Godwins. He's about to get paid this offseason. 80% of Mike Evans, however healthy he is. I mean, they have a shit ton of weapons. They got Ronald Jones. They got Leonard Fournette. So I just don't see how how in the hell that they can do this unless they are putting Tom Brady under duress and force multiple turnovers. Uh, similar to the issue with um, the Rams, I just don't think the, the Washington football team can produce any offense. The Bucks is the eighth overall defense. Their run defense is really good. I don't think Antonio Gibson's healthy enough to, to make a difference. And the Washington football team receiving core, honestly, is not very impressive. I guarantee you if I went, probably even most of you listeners without using Google, and ask who are five people, five starters of the Washington football team besides Alex Smith that you couldn't name them off. I mean, they have Chris Sims, like Steven Sims is a receivers. Obviously, everyone knows Terry McLaurin, but the whole point here is they don't have a lot of, a lot of pieces to work with, and, and their offense isn't very high-powered. Um, I do want to say that I mean, the only way I could see this happening with this quarterback situation is that they're using them uh, Heineke to be more mobile uh, to keep the the pass rush of the Bucks in question. But I mean, Logan Paul, uh, their tight end Logan Paulson and Terry McLaurin would have to have like outstanding numbers for them to pull this off. So I just don't see that happening. Um, you know, they got a, a lot of mean boys up in the middle too. They got Devin White. I believe this is a sophomore season. He finished the fourth in the league with 18 tackles for a loss. He's all over the field, so he'll stuff up the Antonio Gibson in the short tight end routes. So I just don't see how this happens. I mean, Washington football team outside of their division has only beat the Burrowless Bengals, which are pretty bad. Uh, the Steelers during their slump. You know, I'm a Steeler fan. I watched that game. Don't know how they won that. Uh, Chris Boswell was hurt. They decided not to let this new rookie or this new kicker, Matthew Wright, kick a 43-yard field goal. Last game, he made three over that distance. So, you know, bad decision-making, just a shitty game for the Steelers. They got through that. And they beat the 49ers with Nick Mullins. So uh, Nick Mullins still didn't even keep the job. C.J. Bathard ended up um, taking that job before the end of the year. So, you know, not, not, not too impressive. That's just the, the garbage fire of the NFC East that has them in there. I honestly thought the Cowboys would make it, but if you're a Cowboys fan, I'm sorry. I mean, what a pathetic performance and a, a shitty year. Um, I do see some uh, future improvements next year as long as Dak Prescott's on the team, and we'll talk about that later as well. Moving on to Sunday's game of Super Wild Card Weekend. I wonder who came up with the whole Super Wild Card thing. I'm not too sure how I feel about having an extra team in, especially when we see teams like the Washington football team uh, in the playoffs and um, the Browns, honestly. Um, I know that the, the Dolphins were, were shortly missed. I was impressed by how high of record, uh, how high the better teams and their records were in the AFC. Um, but we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But Super Wild Card Weekend on Sunday, I think, is a, a pretty good stack of games. 
The, the first game of the day is a 10.05 Pacific start. Ravens versus Titans rematch. Like I said, if it wasn't for the Bills-Colts game, I would think this would be the top game of the weekend. We've seen this multiple times. It's a rematch from last year's divisional round where King Henry demolished the Ravens for 195 yards on 30 carries. And he also threw for a touchdown, a, a, running, a halfback pass. In that game, Lamar had two interceptions, but had success moving the ball, had a good amount of arid yards and also rushing yards. Uh, this year, Mr. King Henry, who is a 2,000-yard rusher, which is crazy. Uh, the Titans have had CJ2K and Derrick Henry of recent. Um, 133 yards in a close game. They both had a, ta- a ta- uh, turnover. The time of possession was pretty similar. But I think the biggest difference was who had the ball at the end of the game. King Henry busted that touchdown. It might even be, if I remember right, the, the stiff-armed Earl Thomas that ended him, got him out of the NFL this year. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that works out, uh, if they can stop King Henry. The Ravens do have the second-ranked defense. They've had some COVID issues. They've had some injuries, Clias Campbell and other big guys up front being out. And I believe that they're coming in at full health. Um, you never know with COVID as of now, some people are testing positive, so a lot can change. It's only Wednesday, the fifth. We still have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for, for these games. But, um, when it comes to the other side of the ball, the Titans are 24th on defense. So typically a good defensive team, uh, a little lighter on the defensive side this year. So with the momentum, the Ravens have going and, when it comes to coaches, I think I'm just going to take Harbaugh. I think uh, he's got to scheme up a way to win this time. I don't think that you can consistently beat a team as evenly matched as you that many times, and it is in Baltimore. When we look at weather, no crazy weather in forecast either, which is a bummer. I love crazy weather for, uh, games in the playoffs. It's supposed to be 43 degrees and sunny, so no issues there. Um, one th- <laughs> big name on defense, though, that I, I, I was looking at that totally forgot about how in the hell did the Patriots get rid of Malcolm Butler? This man finished seventh in the NFL with 86 tackles and seventh, um, tied for seventh with interceptions with four. I mean, come on. How do you guys get rid of this guy? But obviously, um, you know, Tennessee having those Patriots connections took as many guys as they could, and that was one that really helped them. But outside of him, I mean, the defense is pretty lackluster. Uh, on the other side of the ball, we got Marcus Peters, who finished tied with seventh with Butler with four interceptions. Obviously, Tom Brady finished third in the league with passing, which everyone said he still doesn't have it. I don't know if he still has it. He has a lot of weapons, though. Uh, he had 4,633 yards. And then we all know Derrick Henry finished uh, number one as running back with 2,027 yards, uh, which was higher than the, all the receivers, which is not always common. And Lamar Jackson actually finished top 10 in rushing again with 1,005. I think he finished top five last year, which as a quarterback still blows my mind. But, um, yeah, he, he's going to run the ball. So with all those stats and, and tidbits uncovered, I think that Harbaugh beats the Titans in the run game. I think he focuses on the run game. Uh, the Titans' offense is pretty good. They're, they got A.J. Brown and Corey Davis who've really bloomed and blossomed this year. I mean, A.J. Brown was pretty big last year as well, but uh, they also have Jonu Smith. They have a lot of weapons. I think that, that uh, Harbaugh is going to play AFC North football. They have multiple running backs. 
Um, J.K. Dobbins has come on a, a, of late, and I think they're going to use that to open up the play action. Marquise Brown did have some success against the Titans over the top earlier this season, and, and Mark Andrews is back. So I think they find a way just to out-time a possession the Titans and make sure that they don't turn the ball over. Obviously, Lamar Jackson's two picks last year were, were the big difference maker because they did have a pretty good lead at halftime, if I remember right, in the playoffs last year. But I just, I just don't see how, how the Ravens can lose another one. Um, I believe, yeah, the Ravens are still a three-point favorite. So somehow Vegas still thinks the Ravens win. Somehow I'm still picking the, the Ravens. I hate being aside the, the odds all the time because look at last year in the playoffs, there's always a team that, that, that ends up upsetting somebody and, and, and beating the odds. And I would like to pick the Titans, but for some reason my gut just says no. Harbaugh is going to find a way. They're going to outrun them. And, and I don't like the Ravens. I want to pick them even if I wanted to, but I just can't pick the Titans. So if that doesn't say something I don't know what does, don't bet against the Ravens. But, hey, maybe you do. King Henry destroyed them uh, multiple times, so so keep it going. Then the afternoon game at a 140 uh, p.m. Pacific kickoff, we have the Bears versus the Saints. This one, when it comes to the odds, has me very intrigued. And I might have to put some money down. The line right now is a Saints is a 10-point favorite. I don't know if you've heard, but Latavius Murray and Kamara might not play. They're on the COVID list. I bet you both of them end up playing. But until that's made, that 10 points is a big line. And I might want to take advantage of it. When we look at the game, um, they barely beat the Bears earlier this year. It was 26-23. Yes, Drew Brees was there. The big difference was Nick Foles. Nick Foles was a quarterback. They had one term turnover that ended up being the difference. And Montgomery, he had a decent game, but he hadn't really picked up that, that momentum yet, which, I mean, he finished the league, what did he finish with? Fifth with 1,070 yards. Not a big rushing amount this year for, for the top running backs, but still had, had a very reasonable season. And um, I think the way the, Bear, the Bears win is they have to stop the run game. If Kamara and Murray plays, they have to stop the run game. Ty Montgomery had a really good game last week, but I don't think Ty Montgomery... I mean, maybe he does. He played for the Packers. He's played the Bears before. Maybe he does have a good game. Uh, but I don't, I think if Murray or Kamara don't play, or they both don't play, I might pick the Bears. Like, if I could, I'd put some money on the Bears. Why not? Uh, especially at 10 points. Uh, pick the spread. That's, that's outrageous. But the Saints come in with the fifth-ranked defense. They've had a stout defense all year. They've been able to handle the turmoil with different quarterbacks like they did with the Teddy Bridgewater before. Um... Chicago's ranked 14, not as high as I expected, but still a solid stout defense. It probably didn't help that they had to play Aaron Rodgers twice. Uh, obviously, Mr. Rodgers has been on fire lately. And Allen Robinson finished ninth as a receiver with 1,250 yards. This guy's a beast. Get him the ball more, please. This guy is asking for the ball. He's about to get paid a fat contract, hopefully not by the Bears. I'd like to see him somewhere else. The Bears don't use him right. And... To be honest, Trubisky at this point is playing for everything he's got. If he wins this game, potentially gets a little further in the playoffs, I think he's back in Chicago, starter, they're running it back. If he gets blown out by the Saints, especially without Kamara on them, I think they're done, they're going to draft or, or find a new quarterback, or who knows, they might trade for Carson Wentz. Um, that Bears defense got some big names, though. We got Raquan Smith, second in the league with tackles with 98. And a lot of people don't even talk about Trey Hendrickson on the, the D-line for the Saints who got finished second with 13 and a half sacks, right? 
There's Cameron Jordan. There's lots of big names. So two two good defenses battling it out. But when it comes to quarterback play, Drew Brees is playing potentially his last year last games as well. And I'm picking Brees over Trubisky. I'm picking Sean Payton. Um, I just I just don't think don't see how the the Bears can pull it off, unless unless we have Kamara and Murray out. Then I'm picking the Bears. The Bears over the Saints. I'm picking the Bears on the minus ten already though. But I just don't think they can get it done. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not confident enough in it. And obviously, there's no wor- weather to be worried about. It's a dome, right? I was super, super excited as a Steelers fan for Brown Steelers until we watched our JV squad almost beat them. Until COVID struck, Stefanski's out. They do have a good, a uh, good play caller and Alex Van Pelt covering them up. But I just don't see how they get the job done. I don't think Baker is in a Trubisky spot where he's playing for his life. I think this year he's done enough. I think the Browns have a lot to figure out. They need to get rid of OBJ. Jarvis Landry is aging. They need new weapons. But that run game is very stout, and the defense can be improved. Their corners have had issues with COVID and injuries all year. I think their secondary will get better. But they're not going to beat the Steelers. This is classic big brother, little brother. Put your foot down. Look at earlier in the year, the Steelers beat them by 30 or a, a good amount. It was a lot. But COVID is going to be the storyline. I, I might wake up tomorrow and three other people have COVID. Shoot, the Steelers might have some players with COVID because they've been close. I don't know how the Steelers couldn't play the or could play the Browns if they had COVID and, and none of the Steelers did, especially with the coach uh, having COVID. He he's talking to Tomlin, he's talking to the rest of the team. They're touching balls, but supposedly in the football field it doesn't spread somehow. I, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, but a lot's going to happen from me putting this out and recording it until then. Don't pick the Browns, though. Don't fall on the bandwagon. It's not going to happen. The starting left guard's out. Steelers' D-line's one of the best in the league. T.J. Watt is going to have a heyday over there. Cam Hayward, going to have a heyday. The Steelers have the third-ranked defense in the NFL. They got T.J. Watt first in sacks with 15, which I saw was one of the lowest sack-leading amounts in the past like 10 years. Still has 15. First in the league with tackles for a loss with 26. Miles Garrett, he finished with 12 sacks. He was, he, you know, he's respectable. Stephon Tuitt, he finished, he was an eighth with 11. So they got Stephon Tuitt, one of the top sack guys. Minka Fitzpatrick was also tied for uh, seventh in, at, in the league with four interceptions. So there's too many weapons on defense. They're missing their left guard. They're missing a couple playmakers. They're missing the coach. It's just too much to overcome. If the Browns do overcome this, it'll be a great story. Everyone will be happy besides Steelers fans. But hey, it's not going to happen. Sorry. It's not going to happen. And this went from an awesome primetime game to kind of a clunker. I'm kind of bummed. You know, I wanted to see healthy teams versus healthy teams and peak performance versus peak performance. But they still got Nick Chubb. They still got Kareem Hunt. They still got waking, waking up dangerous Baker Mayfield. So you never know. But money, heart, picking the Steelers. We got some weird stuff going on with the streams. We're, we got some games on Nickelodeon. We got them on Fox, CBS, NBC, ESPN, and Amazon Prime. When I see this, all I can think of is, please, baby Jesus, give us a fat TV contract to the NFL so the salary caps aren't destroyed. I know as a Steelers fan, if those salary caps aren't improved because of the losses the NFL took, I could say, buy Juju, buy James Conner, buy Cam Sutton, Buy Joe Hayden. 
by Mike Hilton. I mean, so many players by Alejandro Villanueva. There's going to be so many guys that are gone, and a lot of teams are going to, uh, uh, you know, face uh, face a, a, a tough moment. You look at baseball. We'll, we'll talk more baseball, but the Cincinnati Reds, for an example, lots of good players that they could have kept. Didn't have to pay a lot for them. Trading them away for nothing, trying to get rid of them because they have no money and they're a team that doesn't want to spend money above the salary cap, even though they can, because of COVID. They don't want to be a competing team. I don't want the NFL to have a situation next year where salary cuts are cut so bad, teams are struggling, that just, you know, teams fall apart and the league gets very top heavy because I don't think it is massively top heavy. I mean, the good teams are quite better than the worst teams like the Jets and and that squad. But in the middle, there's a lot of good teams. Teams are getting better. There's a new wave of quarterbacks. We're getting the Tua's in. We're getting the Her- Justin Herbert's in. You know, it's kind of a new wave, and it has me excited. So hopefully, I don't see how football is going to work on Nickelodeon. I watched football as a kid, but you're telling me SpongeBob and Patrick Starr are on a football stream that little kids are going to watch it? I highly doubt it. So I don't know if that's going to be the answer, if Amazon Prime is going to unload a shit ton of money, if Hulu is going to pay a ton of money and, and keep the salary cap afloat or not. But that's that's the hope. One other thing I want to say on TV streams. I hate Fox, but this year I love Fox. They're filming Thursday Night Football in 4K UHD. I have an 82-inch Samsung. It's a Q7. Awesome TV. But watching sports, it's almost the same, right? You have the action blur. It's a decent quality, but not amazing. But this 4K UHD, if every game was like this, it would be hard for me to want to go see a game in person. The quality was so crisp. The first game I noticed it was uh, the Red River rivalry with Texas versus Oklahoma. Comcast would say, hey, push this button if you want 4K UHD. And I was like, whoa, what world What world is this? This is awesome. Literally just looked amazing. I watched a lot of Thursday night games that I didn't even want to watch, but watched them because the quality was so badass. So hopefully we get some 4K playoff games. With them being on all kinds of different networks, though, I doubt all networks have them. The only one that I've actually seen in 4K UHD is Fox. So the games that are on Fox are Rams versus Seahawks. That's it. Probably the one game that I really didn't want on Fox. But, hey, it's two NFC teams. Fox controls the NFC, so hopefully it's 4K. It'll be more intriguing. I never got to do uh, season predictions with you guys, but I was just looking it up, getting ready for the first sports show. Hey, my picks weren't too bad. I had Saints and Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I had the Ravens and Cowboys in the AFC and NFC Championship. I think the Cowboys can get there next year with a healthy team and all those weapons. I think if Dad Prescott wasn't out there, they would have definitely won the division and had a chance. I had the Steelers losing to the Saints uh, or the Chiefs, or else I would have had them in the AFC Championship. Uh, but I had Chiefs, Ravens, and I actually had the Saints winning the Super Bowl. So picks are still live uh, outside of the Cowboys going that far. So pretty excited to see how those play out. I think that's very feasible, Saints versus Chiefs. Drew Brees playing his last stand, that defense playing good football. As long as Kamara and Murray aren't on the COVID list and they get attacked by COVID, I think that's definitely a, a Super Bowl that, that can be had. Um, obviously, winning in Lambeau now that they finally got home field advantage and playing in that crazy stadium it's going to be very hard for a dome team and old Drew Brees and his ribs. But anything can happen. That's why they play the game. So excited to be able to give you guys future um, breakdowns and season predictions as that comes up. You know, I can still do an NBA one even though the season's early. I'll be able to do an MLB one. So excited to see that and see how that plays out. 
I always like comparing to ESPN, some sports writers I, I really look up to, like Peter King, seeing their prediction and mine and kind of keeping score to see how I stand. Uh, but I just wanted to bring that up because I'm going to be doing a lot of predictions and I'm really into that. So if you guys ever want me to dive further into something like that too, let me know. Hit me in the DMs, email me, send me the info. We'll make it happen. I was looking at this and I was like, do I just want to talk these football games? These guys are on ESPN. They're on NFL Network. They're watching this. They're seeing these guys that have a lot bigger names than Shane Gillette talking about it. So I said, hey, I'm going to dive in a little bit on all the teams that didn't make the playoffs. Touch base on them. Give you guys a little future outlook. Not too deep. We'll cover more in the offseason. Lots of time to go. But we'll just go down the list. Let's start with the AFC. We had the Dolphins, one of the teams that barely missed out on the playoffs. Problem for them, I think the division improves. I think the Jets got to improve <laughs> on where they were at this year. I think that uh, the Bills are only getting better, right? They add a couple more weapons. They're getting better. And nobody's going to bet against Belichick. I can't stand the guy, but I ain't betting against him. So with that, they're going to need Tua to really step up, right? They have some weapons. He's got to throw down field. They need to figure out their running backs. They need to figure out... A lot on offense, but defensively, they're pretty sound. It seems like everyone's um, buying into the coach's uh, chemistry and his culture. Uh, so who knows? But it's going to be tough for them to get into the playoffs with that division getting better and having the Bills improve as much as they are. Then we got the Patriots. I have this weird, scandalous feeling about Bill Belichick. Like, all these cheating scandals, and this year is going to be a big one that ends up on a documentary one day. They had a ton of really good COVID play, or players opt out because of COVID, unlike most teams, like way more than anybody, because it helped them fix, uh, make their salary cap. Cam Newton played god-awful, and all he ever did was congratulate him and praise how well Cam is doing, and it's not Cam's fault. Cam's not returning, by the way. I think they run with uh, Jarrett Stidham, sadly, and give him a chance. But I just have a bad feeling maybe they do some weird shit. They got the 15th overall pick. They're not going to get a Trevor Lawrence. They're not going to get a Justin Fields. But maybe they trade up. I don't know. He, he's scheming something. This offseason, we're going to find out a lot about those Patriots. But I bet you they're better than the Dolphins next year. Hate to break it to you, Dolphins fans. They're going to find a way. Unless you guys end up drafting some really good offensive weapons. Then we got the Jets. They won't even commit on Sam Darnold being there next year. They're shit out of luck. I hope they trade Darnold. I think he's a decent quarterback. I think he is an NFL quality quarterback. If I'm the Steelers, I would take him. I would rather have Sam Darnold as Ben Roethlisberger's successor than most of the options in the league and most of the draft picks that we could get or have to trade away to get them. So why they're not committed on that guy, I'm not too sure. Why did they wait so long to fire Adam Gase if they're going to fire him? Not too sure. Why the hell are they winning games if they want Trevor Lawrence? Not so sure. I don't think anyone's sure about what the fuck the Jets are doing. So I'm going to say that they're not going to be that good. But they'll probably win more than three games. It's the NFL. It's too even of a ground. If they lose more than three games next year, they'll they'll, they'll be in some hurt and at that whole freaking franchise getting cleaned out. Moving to the Bengals. Joe Burrow looked good. Is he going to get a lot better? I don't know. I think the peak Joe Burrow is Carson Palmer in the Bengals, and he's always little brother in that division. I think they'll get better, but I think it'll be between the Browns and the Bengals to be a three-team AFC North playoff situation, unless Big Ben just falls apart, the Steelers 
you know, start Mason Rudolph and don't have a backup successor. Maybe the Steelers fall out of the uh, playoff picture in the future. But I think them and the Browns just battle it out to see who can make it. Um, you know, they got a lot of build around. They had Joe Mixon out. They got some good young talent on offense. If Joe Burrow can take that step forward, they'll be okay. Uh, but their defense is falling apart. They got rid of Dunlap. Um, some of their better players are aging. So I, I don't see them being a, a playoff team unless B- Burrow really does take that that next step. So we'll see what happens. Man, I read the Texans and I'm just so bummed. I saw the audio today of J.J. Watt, you know, apologizing to Deshaun for wasting another year that he had. I mean, the guy balled out. The team was drastic. Why the hell they kept the coach there for so long? I have no idea. Um, I would like to see Watson get out of there. But since he signed that new contract, I don't see that it's very likely. They just hired Nick Casero this evening, I saw, from the Patriots as their new GM. So he's, I think, a director of player personnel. Um, so, you know, someone from the Patriots, maybe that'll help. That was quite the franchise. I'm sure old Nick had some involvement there. But is it going to be enough? I don't know. You trade DeAndre Hopkins, you're probably not going to win for a while. right? You, t- you trade a big player like that. David Johnson's not the answer. He had an okay year, but is he the answer next year? Highly doubt it. They need another de- uh, running back. There's just so many things they have going Will Fuller suspension. He's taking PEDs. How long has he been doing that? Is he the next big receiver that just blows out of the league because he's a cheater? I have no idea. Too many question marks there. Decent division. Colts are probably getting Carson Wentz. So it'll, it'll be a battle, but Deshaun Watson's good enough. Let's see how see how that front office attacks the offseason. Then we got the Jaguars. They're needing a new coach. They're needing a number one pick. Duval is going to change, ladies and gentlemen. And they were a couple years away from such a good defense and Sac City and all the things that were going on. They're going to have a huge offseason. Nobody knows what this team's going to look like at the start of the year. They do play in a weaker division. So who knows? Maybe they have a chance. I doubt they go to the playoffs right away. I think this will be pretty similar to the Bengals with Burrow healthy and how they would have played out. A decent team, fun to watch, good storylines, Trevor Lawrence, you name it. But I don't think that they're just going to shoot into the playoffs all of a sudden. Next up, the Raiders. You have to make the playoffs. You have to make the playoffs. John Gruden, you got a 10-year contract. You traded everyone away. You traded freaking Khalil Mack. You've done everything. You have to make the playoffs. What happens if they just keep missing the playoffs? Is Gruden just going to stay there just because he's that uh, popular name? I wouldn't want him there. They got this new Vegas stadium. No fans can even get in there. Hopefully fans could come back. I want to go to Vegas. I want to go to a strip club. I want to go to a bar, a club, and a football stadium all in one. Why the hell not? Everybody does. The place looks gnarly. But that's beside the fact. The team's just not good enough. Josh Jacobs, DUI. What's the culture like? No one gives a shit. They got Darren Wallers, our best player. If they don't make the playoffs, I think Carr's out. You got to get rid of Carr. If you if can't do it this year, it is what it is. Get rid of Gruden. I mean, the guy's literally done everything he can to make this his team, and it's not cutting out. So uh, a big season for them next year. If you're a Raiders fan, you're thinking playoffs. I'm thinking playoffs. If they don't perform, you're shit out of luck. The Chargers. The L.A. Chargers. I always want to say the San Diego Chargers. The L.A. Chargers. Hey, Promising place for a new coach. Big stadium. Good offense. Justin Herbert lo- Justin Herbert looks awesome. He looks good. There's weapons there. Decent defense. They had some injuries. Derwin James is coming back. You got Bosa. I think that team makes the playoffs next year as well. I think that team probably well, <laughs> They can't win the divisions. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, the Chiefs are there. But the Chargers are going to be a team that's going to be scary next year. 
as long as they stay healthy, as long as they don't hire a dipshit coach. So we'll see what happens. But I, I'm, I'm very high on the Chargers. The Broncos. <laughs> I don't even think Broncos fans know if they want Drew Locke or not. I don't know if I would want Drew Locke or not. I think they stick with Drew Locke. I think John Elway did a smart move by taking a backseat, even though he kind of promoted himself into a different role. But someone needs to figure that team out. They're getting a little older. Von Miller is getting older. They got Mahomes in the division. Justin Herbert looks good. So unless somehow Drew Locke just starts exploding, I don't see it happening. Jerry Judy's okay. KJ Hammer's okay. I think they missed on the, the better receivers in the class, though, to be honest. I like CeeDee Lamb a lot more. I like Justin Jefferson a lot more. But they'll be okay. They play in mile high. They're always tough as shit. They'll have a good offensive line. They'll have a good running game. They made Philip Lindsay look good. They make all those guys look good. So, you know, they'll be a scrappy 8-8 eight eight team, but I just don't see them uh, being better than the Chargers and the Raiders. Obviously the Chiefs. Then we got the Giants. God, what a dumpster fire this division was. Danny Dimes did look pretty good. He's looking better. They're playing in that weak division. Barkley will be coming back. They got to improve that defense, though. If that can be done, I think it's okay. I like I like Jason Garrett with the with the the quarterback and the offensive uh, offensive side of the ball with the Giants, unless he gets a head coaching job again. Uh, but I think they're going to be a scrappy little team, another eight and eight kind of ish team next year. The Cowboys, I think they could be 2020's Steelers. I think they'll be the 2021 Cowboys, but will drastically improve their record from struggling with shitty quarterback backup quarterback play and injuries and COVID and everything else. Dude, they stole on Alden Smith and Randy Gregory. Was it a steal? I don't know. They were supposed to have them years ago perform and finally got them back, and now they're balling out. But, I mean, those guys don't have a lot of miles on them. They've gone through some shit. That defense looks pretty legit as long as Van Der Esch and company's healthy. Draft a corner, maybe some a safety or some people in the back end of that secondary. They'll be okay. I think they will be a force to be reckoned with as long as Zeke doesn't beat anyone up at a rave or anything like that. Then we got the Eagles. Wentz or Hurts are not the answer. I think you got to get rid of Wentz. It seems like there's too many issues there. But he's got such a fat contract, you're going to have to have something in return. You can't just dump him like the Steelers did Antonio Brown. I don't think you can anyways. If, if you do, you probably won't win any games. So, you know, whether they do start Hurts, I'm not sure. Everyone had a big conniption about him benching Hurts. It wasn't the coach. It was the team. They wanted to see what they had. And fucking, I don't know why they would want to see that guy play quarterback like Sudfield's the answer all of a sudden, but he's not. So I'm not sure what's going on. It seems like that off front office is having a bunch of issues. But hey, they could make a run at it. Division's up for grabs. They have talent. They got Miles Sanders. They got some receivers getting healthy. I think Jalen Rager will be pretty decent. But I don't know. That's a hard one. This division, again, is up for grabs and will probably be one of the worst divisions next year. We will see what happens, though. I hope Wentz goes to the Colts. I really do. I think that's a great fit for him. I think it's good to have him back with Frank Reich. And I think the Eagles will be a fun team with Hurts, even though they won't win very much. Might be 7-9 team-ish, maybe 8-8. Eight and eight. But neither of those guys are your franchise guys at this moment in time, so they got to go back to the drawing board after they just did. But hey, they were in the Super Bowl not that long ago. In the NFL, that's a big accomplishment. You can't stay there for long, unless you're the Patriots. Then you cheat. Now we got the Vikings. What the hell do you do if you're the Vikings? It's just never enough. Stack the defense. The defense played like shit this year. They did have some injuries. They did dump some guys because of COVID and injuries and just knowing what the season stood for. But 
You got Dalvin Cook. You got Justin Jefferson, who filled in great for Stephon Diggs. You got Adam Thielen, who's getting a little older now, but he's still balling out. You have so many opportunities and so many weapons. They can never beat the Packers. Well, they beat the Packers one time this year, which was a big accomplishment for them, but then got trounced the second time. So you got to find a way to beat the Packers. You got to figure out what's going on. I mean, they they keep giving uh, Kirk Cousins guaranteed money, and he keeps playing Kirk Cousins football. It's almost good enough, but not enough. It's very Matt Stafford-y. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. They're going to be a tough team. They'll probably find a way to make the playoffs. And then the Lions, the Lions and the Eagles, man. These two teams crack me up. You got to move on from Stafford, let him go somewhere. It's just not working. They've had so many offensive talents and never done anything with them. Uh, they have a lot of offensive talent right now and still can't figure it out. So Matt Patricia, is it his fault? I don't think so. But who, you know, who do you put the blame on? What do you do? They got to figure something out because it's not success. <laughs> Nothing's leading to a successful recipe, and the fans deserve more. Uh, they really do. I know some Lions fans, even myself, uh, and they're diehards, and they even know like how do you have all these offensive weapons and not do anything with them? So I would like to see them improve, but I just don't see it happening in the near future. And I think they 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 end the journey with Matt Stafford. Then we got the Panthers. Same thing. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is the answer. He didn't play well enough. They have decent options. They got some good offensive weapons. They got the speedy Curtis Samuel. You got DJ Moore. Obviously, McCaffrey was hurt, but even Mike Davis looks pretty good. They have a lot of good little pieces there. I think the front... Uh, the coaching staff in the front office are doing pretty well with that team. Um, but they, I think they, they know as well as I do that Teddy Bridgewater is not the answer. So they got to look again, you know, with all these quarterbacks or teams that need quarterbacks, everyone thinks the draft, but the draft is only so deep. Usually you get two quarterbacks that turn out and usually most of the ones taken in the first round don't turn out anyways, just maybe one or two of them. So I don't know what the Panthers are going to do. They're not, they don't have high enough a pick to really make a move instantly, but we'll see what happens there. It's going to be interesting. I'm sure they'll be a 7-9 and nine scrappy team. The Falcons. I feel like this is just like the Vikings. What do you do? It's like the same, The team had the same players the year they went to the Super Bowl and choked against the uh, Patriots. Then they went like 4-12 and 12 the next year. Then they were decent and scrappy and would win random games this year. This team is just not consistent. Maybe it was the coach. Maybe it's the culture. Ted, Todd Gurley is obviously not their answer. They need a running back. You can't get rid of Julio, though, can you? Right? Calvin Ridley's playing good. They're two Alabama boys. Like, they have enough potential there. There's obviously a cultural issue or something front office issue that's not equal and consistent results. Shit. Maybe it's Matt Ryan. Maybe Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins are the same dudes. They're good, but streaky, and it's not going to win you football games. The NFL is a hard league. They're good players. They're just not good enough. I'm a Jazz fan. I know what it's like being good, but not good enough. Maybe they're the Jazz of the NBA. Hey, I have hope for the Jazz this year, but shit. Like I said, we got smoked by the Nets tonight. It's probably not going to happen. You're a good, but never good enough team. That's the Falcons. Cardinals, man. I think the Cardinals are a fun team. I love Kyler Murray. I'm, I root for Oklahoma, so obviously I love Ky- Kyler Murray, but that kid can ball, and I think he is definitely a, a starting all-pro caliber quarterback. I don't know if Cliff Kingsbury is the right coach for that team, even though you know there's a lot of connections there, and it's it's done okay this year. But they got a lot of building to do. That division's tough. The Niners are coming back next year. I think they're going to be stacked. I think Rappolo's their guy. 
Garoppolo's our guy. I think they keep that running game just trucking along. And they have so many young skilled players. They got the Fred Warners. They got the the Bosa. They got the defense. They got the offense. They got the Debo's. I mean, there's so many good players there. I do like Shanahan. He's going to figure it out. And it's going to be hard for the the Cardinals to to stand up with the Seahawks and them. To be honest, maybe the Cardinals and the 49ers overtake the Seahawks, right? They dumped everything into Jamal Adams with that one pick. And as the Rams see, it doesn't always work that way, right? You give all that up for Jalen Ramsey. For Jamal Adams, you don't have first-round picks. You don't have a couple top picks. It's hard to rebuild your team and stay consistent unless you are healthy. Right now we got COVID. There's no COVID. You're healthy. There's no issues. You can make it through. But this is the NFL. No one ever lasts a full season with a healthy squad. It's hard to do. And if you do, and you're a decent team, you're probably winning a championship. That's really what it's going to come to this year. I think teams need to hunker the F down and don't let your guys do shit, have strict rules, or else you're the Browns. Like, what the hell are these guys doing that the coach and everybody else is getting COVID? Someone's fucking up and the whole team's getting COVID. You can't do that, right? If you want to win a Super Bowl, everyone's got to be separated. Got to be able to separate. Who's that going to be? We don't know. You guys knew my pick to start the year. I had Saints and Chiefs. If I were to pick today, you can't not pick the Chiefs. Pat Mahomes is slinging it left ways, sideways, diagonally, over the top, anywhere. Tyree kills a freaking cheetah. They got uh, the fastest receiving core in the league. It's hard to beat those guys. Their defense is okay. It's still not that good. Uh, if I were to put my money on it right now, I'd say Chiefs. I just want to say it's a random team in the NFC. It's going to be someone random that no one thinks. Someone's going to sneak out. Obviously not Washington. Obviously not the Seahawks. Saints, yeah. I mean, Chief Saints. I'm sticking to it. Chief Saints, Super Bowl. That's got to be fun, though, right? Drew Brees last year. We can all see it. I wouldn't mind seeing him win a ship. Beat Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes has a little vengeance going. That'd be fun. Lots of NFL action, though. Can't wait. Talk to you guys about these games next week. Be able to talk a little bit further into it. Um, you know, there are a, a few wishy-washy games this week. So next week, every game is going to be a good game, and we're going to learn a lot. Hopefully, there's no more COVID bullshit because there's so much COVID right now that it makes things interesting. NCAA championship, the playoff championship. Talk more about this week than last week since this is my first episode. I don't want to, de- you know, delay this too much and talk about last week's news, but. You know, there were some pretty interesting games. I picked Clemson. I'm sure majority of you guys picked Clemson. I don't know if the our boy uh, Justin Fields is a starting NFL quarterback. He played pretty well last week. I was wrong about Ohio State. They didn't play a lot of games. They're catching some momentum. But Bama's just going to steamroll them, everybody. Don't fall for the bait. Everyone thinks that, oh, man, they beat Clemson. Well, let's remember Clemson doesn't play anybody during the year except Notre Dame, who obviously isn't that good. And they play in the ACC. That win isn't as impressive as people think. Alabama is arms and legs above the rest of the field. The Heisman was announced tonight. Shout out Devontae Smith, a receiver winning the Heisman. That hasn't happened for a long time and is very rare. It's so great to see. And it's refreshing to see him beat out quarterbacks. Because I'm sick of the quarterbacks having it. They should call it the quarterback trophy if that's what they're going to do. But they didn't. Devontae Smith earned it. I haven't heard his speech yet because I'm running this right now. But supposedly it was a very good speech. He was talking about undersized and under speed players. Just keep fighting. Good story. Super pumped he did it. 
But keep this in mind. Bama had three of the top five votes. You got Mac Jones. You got Najee Harris, who I hope to God the Steelers draft. I don't know if you guys saw that hurdle, but boy, that guy's an athlete. And he doesn't have a lot of miles on him. But no one's going to beat Bama, guys. I think last year, them missing the playoffs and the flack that they had, Nick Saban got his team ready to rock, and I, I don't think that you can beat this team. I really don't. I don't think Ohio State can do it. Supposedly, they're having COVID issues. There was rumor that they might push the game back, but they're not going to. So maybe they have issues like the Browns do, and it's even worse. I hope it's a good game. Supposedly, Waddle might come back. If that's the case, holy shit, Ohio State's in trouble. But there's a lot to look forward to next year. I'm going to talk a little college basketball as well, but college was just a bummer this year. You can't keep college kids away from COVID. It's just not going to happen, right? We witnessed all the pushing. Some teams playing some games, some teams not. Like, I live in Seattle. I'm not a Huskies fan, but they, I think, went undefeated, but didn't get to do anything because only played four games. So it's just kind of a shit show. Hopefully next year, COVID's blown over and we have some legitimate football. I went to the University of Montana. They didn't even have an FCS fall season they're having a spring season which is like kind of bullshit there's a couple games nothing's really going you know it just ruined the college season it really did i love college sports i think it's really what excites me and watching people's careers go to the nfl and it helps me root for additional players but this year was a mess but we do have some exciting things coming back next year we got the first one oklahoma boomer sooner i'm a fan Spencer Rattler, guy looks legit. Probably going to be a Heisman favorite next year. They're going to be good. They have a speed D. Um, now that they got the D figured out, I think that they're going to be a top four team and potentially actually get into the championship next year. But they're still going to have Iowa State there. Brock Purdy's coming back. Brees uh, Hall is coming back. The kid's legit, right? He filled in the shoes for David Montgomery, who is also legit. There's going to be a lot of good competition here in the Big 12. Bama's got Bryce Young. There was rumor that the kid might beat out uh, Mac Jones this year. Obviously, he didn't. Mac Jones now might be a a highly picked NFL quarterback. But he's probably going to ball out for Nick Saban, and I'm sure they'll be back there, sadly. A&M, Isaiah Spiller is a stud. That team's going to be tough, right? Jimbo Fisher's there. He'll figure it out. I believe Kellen Mond's gone, but they're still going to be a tough squad. Florida's backup looked good. They had him in there when Trask was falling apart. He looks athletic. He reminds me a little bit of Lamar Jackson. I think they're going to be tough next year. George is going to be there. They have most of the squad returning. That's going to be a tough squad. Kind of like Oklahoma. They had a lot of older players graduate, and they have that young crop coming up, besides getting a lot of older transfer quarterbacks, things of that nature. So it will be interesting to see that. And I'm an FCS guy, right? I I went to Montana Grew up in Wyoming and Montana. I love seeing these FCS teams that move up do well. Coastal Carolina, that quarterback put them on the map. They're supposed to be coming back next year. I don't know too much about it, but they're going to be a tough team. Appalachian State's doing well. Georgia State, that Sun Belt, they had some teams up there. I think a lot of that had to do with COVID. But it's nice seeing these smaller school teams in the picture versus the same four fucking teams every year. And hopefully they expand the playoff soon. I would like to see eight teams so a team like Cincinnati has a chat or has a shot, and we're not sitting here chatting about all the options like, oh, well, they didn't deserve it. UCF, oh, we would have been champions. This will eliminate that, and I think you'll never have to worry about it again. If you can't make the top eight, you can't win through the top eight, and you can't get to the championship, you just don't deserve it. The final four, though, 
Like, should Cincy have been in? I don't know. I didn't think they were that good. They beat Georgia, so then I was like, oh, I'm not sure. Just give us eight. Come on, we all want it. And I don't I don't know what it is. Probably money with the bowl system. I was having a conversation at a cigar lounge at the uh, casino here the other day with this gentleman, and he was talking about the old bowl system versus the playoff. And I said, for me, the big thing is, shit, we were watching North Carolina... Who are they playing? It was North Carolina and whoever in a recent bowl game. I guess I could pull it up. That's why I have this monitor in front of me. Let's see. It was North Carolina and Texas A&M. Good game. For most of the game, Texas A&M ran away with it at the end. But I didn't really care about that game. It's number five versus number 13. Usually I would have been so pumped up about it with the old bowl system because you're just watching all these bowl games. But now, like, the, the big bowl games don't even matter because it's just all about the playoff. And, you know, I'm an Oklahoma fan. I watched the Georgia-Florida uh, game. But after that, I didn't really care, right? You just care about the playoffs at that point. So it kind of ruins it. I don't care about as many games. But if they give the eight-team playoff, it's it's the best of both worlds. But I'm assuming it's a lot to do with sponsorships and bowls and money. That That's usually the case why they're not moving on it. Bummer of a college football season, though. It really was. COVID really messed things up. You know, hopefully the shit gets over and we get some vaccinations and whatever has to happen to our government to figure this out. But I'm super pumped to start talking about some MMA and UFC because Dana White's been on a roll, man. The UFC has been on a roll. They've saved me when all of sports were shut down there for a little while. And I was starting to look at some of the events coming up. And oh boy, do we got some events. So if you guys are MMA fans, you guys are in there to get it. I'll definitely be chatting about it, give you my tips, put it on the parlays on Twitter. I've been winning some parlays, making some dough. Lots of cool opportunities with these fights and lots of big action going on. Hopefully some of, you know, we get more of the title fighters battling their title. I know COVID has been an issue between Fight Island, the Apex. God, man, I got to see my first live UFC event last year for my birthday, and it was International Fight Week. It was John Jones versus Tiago Santos. Not this past January, but the year the year before. Got to see Jorge Masvidal knock out Ben Askren in record-breaking time. And I got to watch Holly Holm versus Amanda Nunez. One of the coolest things I've ever seen to be able to see that live and in person. Hopefully, we get to do see some of those live and in person. I'm sure the fighters are just really craving that as well because that makes it a lot of fun. It has been interesting through COVID because you could hear the coaches. They could hear the announcers. It's been a little different spin on things. But again, super pumped for the UFC in action. This week, obviously, I kind of want to talk about the Conor Poirier fight. I'm going to save that for next week, so stay tuned. I will let you know I'm picking Dustin Poirier in the rematch. He's coming out. He's fighting with a vengeance. The kid's been on a tear lately, so I'm picking Poirier, but we'll get into that card next week. First one up we have is the UFC on ABC1. Dana White's been on such a roll. He got signed by big-name streaming and television contracts. He got put on ESPN. He's a part of the Disney family. Now he's on ABC. That blows my mind. I would have never thought five, ten years ago, watching the old pay-per-views that happened once every three months, that this shit would be on ABC and almost happening multiple times a week, every single week. Because I believe when coronavirus hit, there wasn't a weekend that the UFC wasn't happening. Until this new year, there was a couple-week delay until, until this card. So I'm even craving fights more than ever. And one of my favorite fighters of all times fighting. We got the headlining fight, uh, Max Holloway versus Calvin Qatar. What a fucking fight, man. This one's a hard one to pick, but I think Holloway is so durable that he's going to make it happen. 
A lot of people are saying, well, Qatar has that power. He sits on his uh, punches a little bit. Yeah, but Holloway's fought those guys before, right? Sure, he lost to Dustin Poirier. Sure, he lost to McGregor early in his career. But he's beaten some guys that can take, throw that damage, and he gets it done. And I think he's probably the best version of Holloway that he's going to, has ever been because he's lost those fights to Volkanovski, even though I believe he should have won the last one. But this guy is a fucking stud. He reminds me of Goku. He's like the Hawaiian Super Saiyan. But I can't wait for this fight. It's going to be a hard one to pick. I'm sure Holloway is the favorite at this point. Let's see if I can find that. Let's see what they got as a favorite here. They don't have the odds out yet. UFC's website is such dog shit. They don't have anything updated. You have to use SureDog for everything anymore. So annoying. Uh... But the rest of that card's kind of weak, and it's happening early. It's uh, early morning. It's going to be in Fight Island. Um, so not an amazing card, but that fight alone, shit, I'd pay pay-per-view for that fight. That fight's going to start 2021 off with a bang. I cannot wait. Before I get into the other card this coming Wednesday, though, I did want to bring up Max Holloway's last few opponents. I mean, you can't make this shit up. This guy's fought anybody who's anybody. And I believe he's going to take home the victory this time. The Volkanovski fights, man, I, I just can't believe it, how close those were. And I think uh, Holloway had recently said in his interview that, you know, I don't care. I'll keep getting better. I'll keep fighting the guy until I can prove I'm a better version uh, or a better fighter than him. But that weight class is kind of held up. I'm very surprised to see Holloway fighting before Volkanovski. I was kind of hoping because Holloway fights so many times. It's just who he is. He's young. He's barely in it. He's not even in his technical fighting prime. He's 28 fucking years old. Right? He's not even in his prime yet. And he's out there doing work. But I'm surprised he's fighting before Volkanovski. I'm sure Volkanovski has some sort of injury or some issue that, that has him uh, sitting out. But this is his, his last handful of fights that are relevant. Volkanovski. Volkanovski. Frankie Edgar. Dustin Poirier. Brian Ortega, which I knew that kid was a stud, and I'm not surprised about that last fight. Everyone thought it was just some crazy performance. No, Brian Ortega's a stud, and Holloway technically knocked him out. Jose Aldo, Jose Aldo, Anthony Pettis, Ricardo Lamas, Jeremy Stevens, Charles Oliveira, looks better now, Cub Swanson, Cole Miller, Clay Colyard, Andre Feely, Conor McGregor. Like, dude, he's fought Dustin Poirier again. Damn, he's lost a dozen party twice. I didn't know that. 2012. I mean, these guys were babies then. But this guy has fought so many of anyone who's anyone's. He's a stud. Sorry, Calvin Qatar. Calvin Cater. Excuse me. I just don't think you're going to get it done. Max is going to use his Super Saiyan energy to kick your ass. I think it's mostly on the feet, though. It's a tough scrap. I, I would put my money on a decision. I don't see any knockouts happening. Let's look at Calvin... Uh, Cater. He's got Danny Gay. That was an awesome fight. Jeremy Stevens. Lost to Zabit. God, I wish we could get Zabit back, man. I really want to see Zabit versus Yair Rodriguez. That would be an amazing fight. Uh, Ricardo Yamas. Chris Fishgold. I don't even know who that is. Shane Burgos. Andre Feely. Yeah, so he's fought some decent guys. He's, you know, very looked highly at, at as of now. I think ever since that Zabit fight and the uh, Jeremy Stevens fight. 
but I just don't think he's quite to the level and quite as ready as Max Holloway is. So I'm taking Holloway. Put your money on Holloway. He's got to be the favorite, though. If he was the underdog, it would be even better. And then the UFC says, you know what? This isn't good enough to start back. We've had a couple weeks off. we got to keep things going. Well, they're keeping things going. They're giving us a Wednesday card. It's in the morning. It's, you know, Fight Island. They're fighting at regular fight hours there, which is fine. Which, just so you know, the Connor card, because it's pay-per-view, will be evening that next Saturday, which will be Saturday the 16th. So it's not like they're going to put that in the morning, thank goodness. But this Wednesday morning, a little bonus fight. It's a better card stacked up. We got Michael Chiesa versus Neil Magny. Going to be an awesome fight. I love Chiesa. He's from Spokane, Washington. He's close. Fought with a couple buddies that I know in the UFC. But I'm going Neil Magny. I just don't see how how he's going to be able to outgrind Neil. Neil's had some better opponents and performances of late. So I'm going to go with my guy Neil Magny. Carlos Condit versus Matt Brown. Got to go Carlos Condit. <laughs> this guy's 36 years old. Matt Brown's 39 years old. Just two old dogs going at it. I give so much props to those older dudes that are out there battling. That's a tough sport, man. But it's going to be a great fight. I'm taking Condit. Probably be a decision there. I wouldn't be surprised if Magni is a decision either. And then we got Pedro Munoz versus Jimmy Rivera. This might be the best one on the card. Jimmy Rivera is on a roll. Pedro Munoz is tough as nails. I got to go Jimmy Rivera, though. He's just better opponents recently, better performances. The only people he's lost to have been really tough opponents. That's a huge one in the bantamweight class to see uh, uh, the stack rankings there. I wouldn't be surprised Jimmy Rivera beats Pedro Munoz if the boy Sean O'Malley fights Pedro Munoz. So we'll see what happens. But exciting card. There's also Roxanne Modafferi versus Vivian Arahu. Roxanne kind of a veteran in the women's division, and Vivian seems like a young up-and-comer. Tyson Nam's fighting. I always like watching him fighting. And the rest, I don't really know. There's a lot of fighters. So, so many fights can't keep up with everyone. I don't know everything, so don't think that I think I know everything or expect me to know everything. But I know it's going to be a great card, and I can't wait for the fights. Here in a minute, I'm going to go through just some future fights coming up in these cards that are announced, because not everything's announced. Nothing's fully official. To be honest, guys, you have a fight card. Nothing's official until weigh-ins, because people might get COVID. You might have subs, things like that. But we have a stack 2021 coming up in the MMA world, so I'll be getting into that here in a second. All right, so we're going to look at the future fights coming up in 2021. Obviously, we have the McGregor card. We'll talk about that next week. Surprise input. Dan Hooker versus Michael Chandler. Going to be an awesome fight. Finally get to watch Michael Chandler do his thing. Too bad Dan Hooker's going to rough him up. We got Shane Burgos versus Hakeem Dewudu. That's going to be an awesome fight. Jessica I versus Joan uh, Calderwood. Going to be an awesome fight. We got Alistair Overeem versus Alexander Volkov. Awesome fight. Corey Sanhagen, Frankie Edgar. Awesome fight. Michael Johnson, Clay Guida. Fun fight. We got... Usman versus Burns, finally, thank goodness. Gasolin versus Ian Heinch, awesome fight. Chris Weidman versus Uriah Hall, it's going to be fun. We got Curtis Blades versus Derek Lewis. Andre Orlowski versus Tom Aspinall. 
Damn, so many good fights I can't wait for. We got Dominic Reyes versus Yuri Prozhaka, or however you say his name. It's going to be a great fight. And we're not even into March yet. Jan Blokowicz versus Israel Adesanya. That's going to be a blockbuster. Amanda Nunez versus Megan Anderson. Dominic Cruz versus Casey Kenny. Joseph Benavidez versus Askar Oskarov. Drew Dober's fighting. Tim Elliott, Jordan Espinoza. <clears throat> what else we got? They're starting to announce some later in March, but they don't have their headliners yet. We got Derek Brunson versus Kevin Holland. He got his wish. That man's a savage. I still can't believe he knocked out... Um, Blake in his name for some reason, but I can't believe he got that knockout on his back. Can't believe it. That was one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. Johnny Walker versus Jimmy Crute. Mackenzie Dern versus Nina Ansaroff. Point being, ladies and gentlemen, if you're a fight fan, it's the first quarter of the year, and we got a ton of fights, stacked fights coming up. Hopefully COVID clears up. We can see some Wei Ling, Wei Ling versus... Uh, Rose Nama Unius. Hopefully we can see some more title defenses. If we look at the rankings today, there's so many good fighters in the UFC. You look at the classes and you're just like, man, these things are stacked. John Jones, can't wait for him to come back. Does Cody Garbrandt fight uh, Divas and Figueredo? I hope so. That'll be an electric fight. Volkanovski, who the hell is he going to fight? Brian Ortega looks legit. We got Yair and Zabit. Can't wait to see what they do. Khabib, I'm telling you guys, he's fighting GSP. Can't wait for that. Justin Gaethje, what's his next move? Tony Ferguson, what do they do with him? Colby Covington, what the hell is he going to do? Leon Edwards, are you ever going to fight? Jorge Masvidal, fight someone. Tyron Woodley, let's get you back in there. Robert Whitaker, let's go. Costa, let's go. The Killer Gorilla, Darren Till. Shit, Glover Teixeira is the number one contender as a heavyweight. Or light heavyweight, excuse me. Still got Dominic. Stipe, Francis, John Jones. What's going to happen? Meanwhile, we got Valentina just over here destroying people. Hopefully, she gets to fight Nunez again. Jessica Andrade might be an interesting matchup now that she's changed weight classes. So many just good fighters. So many good fights. Can't wait to see how it plays out. Unlike boxing, can we get some big names in here, please? I watched the Canelo victory recently. Good fight. Was fun to watch. He looks amazing. Ryan Garcia was fun. Got knocked down in the second round. I was like, this kid's going to be out. Finish with that body jab. Knock that guy out. He called out a big dog. Can he handle it? I don't know. He punches fast. I don't know how hard it is. He knocked someone out in the body, though. It's got to be pretty hard. Can't wait to see what that kid has. You know, we got to deal with this Mayweather versus Paul. I'm going to watch it. It's going to be a terrible fight. Mayweather will make it look decent like he did with McGregor for a little while just so he could get paid a shit ton of money. Can we get some more action from Triple G? Shit, put Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury. I'm sick of this whole Deontay Wilder wants a rematch bullshit. Terrence Crawford. Let's get some big names out there. There's lots of things to happen. Quit fighting celebrities and let's get some fights going. So let's talk NBA. Stuff that's actually happening. 
I live in Seattle. There's some hardcore basketball fans. I love to have a home team so I don't have to drive to Portland to catch my favorite players play. $2.5 billion for an NBA expansion. Timberwolves might sell. There's been rumors that Memphis might move. I'd love to see John Morant in a Seattle uniform. I don't root for Seattle teams. I already have my teams. I would probably buy a John Morant Seattle jersey. I'd probably root for the Seattle team. Would I like him more than the Jazz? No. Would I root for them? Absolutely. I root for Jimmy Butler in the Heat because of the Dwayne Wade legacy. Dwayne Wade was my guy. I could root for Seattle. I could use some Seattle love. Let's see what happens. I got the new arena here. Climate Pledge Arena or whatever the hell it's called. But I'd love to see some basketball and some hockey there. You know, I will do a deep dive on the NBA once the NBA and NFL playoffs are, are done. Like I said, unless you guys ask me specifically to digest a team or give outlooks or you know digest your starting lineup, you guys could say whatever and I'll go deep for you. I love that. I love waking up to the athletic and they got an article about exactly what I was thinking about. I watch the game. I'm thinking about it. I go to the athletic. They write about it. I want you guys to think about it. I want to think about it. We'll talk about it. We'll digest it. Fuck all the news that ESPN covers. We all hear it. I don't even want to hear it. We get updates on our phone. We don't even have to see anything. Let's talk sports. Teams that look like playoff teams right now. The Nets. Dinwiddie's going to hurt. But that team is probably coming out of the East. The 76ers look pretty good. Doc Rivers is getting shit figured out over there. The Magic are consistent. They're tough. They'll find a way in the playoffs. The Pacers. Sabonis is on a terror. No one wants to play them. They're just never going to win it. The Celtics, the Bucks, the Heat, the Jazz, the Lakers look great. The Suns are fun. The Clippers will be there. And I'm telling you, if the Mavericks can get their boy back healthy, that team's going to be nasty. Luka's too good. He's nasty. It's a fun team. It's literally just the new era of Dirk Nowitzki in the team. Can't wait to see how they play. It's a fun to watch. It's must-see TV. It might be the most even filled this year with this crazy COVID and bubble situation, everything that's happened, than we've seen in a long time. That That's what was fun about the playoffs. It was a bubble. There's no home, field adv- home court advantage. There's none of that. It's going to make it for a more even field. The Warriors look like shit, but Steph Curry is going to be dropping hella points. It's going to be fun basketball. That's what's different about professional sports versus college. College, there's just not systems to handle it. The professional sports will just power through and we get quality quality play. One thing I have noticed is Westbrook's never going to win a finals. I figured maybe him and Bradley Bill would work out. Bradley Bill's still doing his thing, but they're not winning games. Westbrook's just not going to be on a team that wins a championship. And neither is James Harden. What the hell is James Harden doing? He wants to trade. Why do you want to trade? You wanted everyone on your team specifically. You got him. You bitched about him. You exiled him. Chris Paul went and did better things. I thought Westbrook would, but it seems like he can't even mesh with with my boy Bradley Bill, so I don't know. He's out partying. He wants to. He saw the last dance. Now he wants to be Dennis Rodman. Go ahead and do it. No one cares. No one likes you. No one wants you. Who the hell would want James Harden? I don't if I'm an owner. No team should. Keep him in the Rockets. Let him suffer. I looked at the standings today for the first time. It looks fucking weird. And when I mean weird, super weird. Let's look at this. NBA standings. Number one in the East. Sixers. Number two. The Magic. Pacers three. Celtics four. The Knicks are in the fifth spot. Cavs are in the... The Cavs are in the sixth spot. Who the hell have they beat? They have four wins. Sexland is becoming a big thing. Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. They're calling it Sexland. 
are they a playoff team? No, don't fall for the early season stats. My internet's sucking, so I can't see who they beat. But they have four wins somehow, some way. Come on. We got the Bucks, the Hawks, out of the playoffs. Nets, Heat, Raptors. Come on. The standings right now are not going to be the standings at the end of the year. Just, just let you guys know. Some teams are going to get plagued by COVID. They're going to go through some struggles, but the better teams will make the playoffs. There's too many games this year. Well, unless shit happens, but let's pray for the best. In the West, we got Lakers, Clippers, Suns, Jazz, Pelicans, Warriors, Blazers, Kings. Outer the Mavs, Nuggets, Rockets, Spurs, Thunder, Timberwolves, Grizzlies. I'm telling you guys, the standings are going to look completely different come playoff time. Maybe not completely different. Maybe some of the teams in here will, will scrap away through, but I'm telling you, the Knicks aren't going to finish in the five spot and the Cavs aren't going to finish in the six spot. If that happens, I will be absolutely shocked. Absolutely shocked. It'd be kind of fun. It's just not going to happen. Not that I foresee. Dark horses, though. Let's talk a little bit of dark horse action. Who could sneak through and come out of the East? Because I don't think there's any dark horses in the West. Well, I'd put my money on the Mavs. And I'd put my money on the Sixers. Doc Rivers has got a vengeance. That team's got enough talent. Joel Embiid takes a leap. Why can't they do it? I don't know. They can. They just. I think they can. The Mavs get healthy. They can do it too. If the Dirk Nowitzki team can beat the big three of Miami, why can't this Luka Doncic team get through and handle business? I just. I just. It makes too much sense to me. I'll do a power rankings next week on the NBA. I'm excited to bring in a, a early power rankings. It's a little challenging with the way COVID and obviously you look at some of these teams are doing, but that's what we're going to do. And I'm excited to do it for you guys. I love power rankings. Switching gears a little bit. College basketball. Like I said, it's messy. I don't want to talk about it too much. It's been hard for me to watch games, honestly. I saw Clemson basketball was ranked top 25. Like, what the hell's going on? Some teams will have games, some won't. I'm a Nova guy right now. They're not playing any games, right? They're pushing all their games out. They played a bunch of games early because they're in a bubble. Jay Wright knew, like, I need to get as many games in as I can right now. But it's been a struggle. Seems like a favorite heavy season. The top dogs are definitely the top dogs. I have a, a field of five and then everyone else. Gonzaga, the Zags, look legit. Nova, Baylor, Iowa. I'll throw Kansas in there. And then it's the field. No one else can compete. Everyone else is, you know, way further. But I can't wait. Supposedly they're doing a bubble tournament. I think this year's tournament is going to be fun. I think there will be a lot of lower seeds beating top seeds. And I think the team that we think is going to win potentially won't. Will I pick up against it? I don't know. You don't know until you see the, the March Madness bracket. But after not having March Madness last year, I thought last year would have been a great year. I can't wait. I'm craving it. Please come through. Before we talk next time, there's a couple decent games. We got Texas versus West Virginia on Saturday. I watched Texas play. They play Nova. Scrappy team. Got some good guards, some athletic guards. That'll be an interesting game. Minnesota has Michigan and Iowa before our next podcast. Supposedly Minnesota's legit. I haven't seen them play yet. Michigan's overrated this year. Iowa's legit. They can sweep those two. That team might be legit. I'm going to watch those games, and I'll get you guys more intel on Minnesota. West Virginia plays Baylor next Tuesday. 
West Virginia beats Texas and Baylor. That's big time. Baylor's legit. I think Baylor's legit. So if they can pull that off, that's going to be a good game. But I can't wait for the tournament. Not too super excited about college basketball right now. But as the season winds down, we'll all be there. Let me know. If you guys are tuning in, you guys got some intel, let me know. We'll tell the viewers. I'm just not watching a lot of college basketball. It's hard right now. I'm super pumped for baseball. Again, I live like 10 minutes away from the stadium, T-Mobile, and I would love to see some baseball games. I don't think it's going to happen, sadly, but I would love it. I can't wait. I want the stove to get hot. Do you guys want the stove to get hot? Because it's cold as balls. There's no action. Blame Scott Boris. You can't hold your guys out forever, dude. There's no action. Baseball needs to change it. Baseball's already struggling as it is. Let's make the offseason like a two-week NBA. You got two weeks of a window to sign everybody. Listen to these names. JT, Real Muto, Trevor Bauer, George Springer, DJ LeMahieu, Marcelo Zuna, Marcus Simeon, Andrelton Simmons, Didi Gregorius, Michael Brantley, Justin Turner, Tanaka, Paxson, Jackie Bradley Jr. I mean, there's so many guys that haven't been signed yet. I'm an Angels fan. We could use every one of these suckers. Every single one of them. Why are our teams not making moves? The Padres are the only ones that are making moves. Everyone could use JT. Everyone could use Bauer. Springer is a young stud. Whoever gets him is lucky. DJ LeMahieu had a huge year last year. Is he worth the money? I'm not sure, but he's going to be consistent. He'll hit over 300 and get the job done. Marcelo Zuna slugs bombs. He proved it this year on two different teams he's done it. Simmons and Simeon are great shortstops. So is Didi. They're athletic. They can make moves. Simmons is like the defensive masterpiece. Didi hit really well. He's hitting bombs. Simeon will hit 300. Michael Brantley's getting older, but he's still crushing. Turner's 36. He kind of reminds me of an older Howie Kendrick. He'll go to a contender and he'll still kick ass if he's not on the Dodgers. Tanaka, still got nasty stuff. Paxton, if he's healthy, can be a good three. Hendricks, one of the best relievers out there. Jackie Bradley Jr. is young and upcoming. Taiwan Walker improved. Colton Wong's still there. Corey Kluber, someone needs to take a chance on him. Chris Archer, for cheap, why not? Robbie Ray walks a lot of guys, but he's young. He's got the stuff. Jose Quintana's still out there. There's, I just, How are these guys not getting signed? What the hell is broken with this offseason? If you guys have any input, message me out. Let me know. This shit's driving me nuts. I just want some hot stove action to prep us for the season. A new season coming up. I'm going to talk Supercross. Maybe a lot of you guys don't watch Supercross. If you don't, I highly recommend it. Dirt bike racing. It's awesome. It's super dope to see in person. They're doing a short circuit this year in only specific states and stadiums because of COVID, so it's not a full schedule well, like to all the towns and cities that it usually goes. But, man, this shit's fun. There's a lot of young talent here. It starts January 16th. Let's see if I have the schedule pulled up. They're going to Houston for three races, Indianapolis at Lucas Oil, Orlando, Daytona Beach for their one run, which is funny that they kept Daytona in there, Arlington, Atlanta, and Salt Lake. Salt Lake's in April and May. If they have in-person events i'll definitely check it out there's a lot of changes in the supercross world i usually just watch monster energy i know that they have races all indoor outdoor all year long i, I don't have the time to, to keep track of it all i do see some stuff via the news but monster energy is where it's at that's what i love i grew up watching it on local channels because i grew up i only had local channels i had an antenna my mom would walk across the front room and Fox would go gray. Like I only had two and a half channels basically. And Supercross would always be there in the morning. So that's why I've grown to enjoy it. And if you guys tune into Business of Buckets, I bet you I could get you to enjoy it as well. 
You don't have to watch all the heats and the pre-warm-ups. Watch maybe, you know, a couple heats in the championship rounds. It's a blast. It's it's a fun sport. Dylan Fernandez broke his hand. Might not be in for 450 for a while, so that's a bummer. Malcolm Stewart's now on star racing Yamaha team on the YZ450F. He improved last year. I'm excited to see what he's got. Ryan Dungey says he's technically not done. He's a free agent. Nobody signed him yet. I doubt anybody will, so he'll probably retire. But, you know, he had a good, good long-lasting run there and is a stud and a, a Hall of Famer in the sport for sure. One of the big things, Geico Honda is no longer. So Jet Lawrence, one of the young up-and-coming studs, is now on Honda HRC 250. So that's going to be fun. Justin Barsha, scrappy son of a gun, is leading the TLD Red Bull Gas Gas Racing Team. JGR Suzuki is done for the year. They're no more. Marvin Muscana is back. The guy's a stud. He's one of the older guys in the sports now. So the way I see it is we got the top dogs racing for the championship. That is Tomac, Ken Roxon, Cian Cerullo, and Cooper Webb. Cian Cerullo got hurt last year. He looked legit. He's going to put his arms in there. He's going to win a couple races. Webb's young. I didn't think he had it, but he, he's doing well. He, he really uh, proved me wrong last year. He's going to be there. But I think it's a two-dog show. Tomac and Roxon. You know, Roxon, he gets the whole shot. He can take the lead, but he's not a guy like Tomac that could come back from behind, and he can't gas the lead once he has it. I don't know if that's injury-related. If you guys follow him, he's you know busted up his arms. The doctors told him he'd never race again. He's out here proving people wrong, but he had a lot of issues towards the end of the year when it come to health. So if that kid's healthy, I think Ken, Kenny's going to win it. Steal it from Tomac. I know all these t- uh, every <laughs> people that tune in, they're probably majority going to be Tomac fans and the Kawasaki team because it's stacked. But I'm going Roxon, so come at me. Watch out for Muskan, though. He's tough. He's older, but he could come in and win. He Maybe he wants to show Webb he's Mr. KTM. He's filling Ryan Dungey's spot, and he comes out. He can do it. I've seen him ball out, and until he got hurt last year, I thought he was going to be a runner. It's going to be a fun season, though. It's going to be a fun season. The 250, I don't watch as much. But since Jet, my buddy Kyron Ursua, shout out Kyron Ursua. He's a big Supercross guy. He's starting to do a bunch of tricks on his kicker and potentially go into a Monster Energy Showcase one day. Uh, but he told me about this Jet Lawrence kid a couple of years ago, and I've been following him ever since. Now he's in the 250, well, he was in the 250 class. But obviously the 250 is like the farm system for 450, so I watch him here and there. Don't watch all the races all the time, but I'm rooting for Jet. Fortner's going to be tough. Kawasaki's got Joe Shimoda, who's a stud. There's just a lot of good guys in that, in that division that are going to be moving up one day. But let's go for Team Honda, Jet and Ken. Let's go. 2021. Make it happen, COVID and all. I'll be at Salt Lake if I can make it. If they let me in, I'll be there. Sports during COVID, too, I I will say it's not that big of a deal. I went to Steelers, Cowboys, and Dallas this year. You'd buy tickets early. You know, they are a little bit more expensive. We got good seats. That stadium was phenomenal, let me tell you what. But I had a good experience, right? There's not as many fans. It might not be the same experience. But if there's a game you guys really want to go to or a sporting event, go for it. You're going to have fun. You know, everyone there is a diehard fan, typically, because they're paying higher price and it's harder to get to, but yeah, make it happen. I, I'm so happy I went to that game and, you know, it was a stress to 
are they going to cancel it? Is it going to get pushed back? Are the flights and everything refundable? But it made it worth it. It's definitely a good time. So if you can go out and enjoy yourself, don't limit yourself too much. If you guys are anything like me, I'm stuck of being in the house. I'm stuck in the house. I'm in the house board or I'm stuck in the house and I'm in the house board or whatever that freaking song is. Stuck in the house. Get the hell out of here. It's pissing cats out here in Seattle. Can't get over it. If you don't believe me, watch the Seahawks game this weekend. It's probably going to be pissing cats again because that's all it does for four months. And then you get a beautiful summer. So I can't complain. This past summer was amazing. I lived by the beach. It was phenomenal. Besides COVID, can't beat the weather when it's nice. But we're in that sad, soppy season of rain. So I'm just going to indulge myself in sports. Maybe get a little Warzone. If you guys play Warzone, message me. I need some new players. I can't stand this DMR, though. It's ending everyone's life on this game. I wish they would nerf it. But guess what? They haven't. So I got a class, and I'm upgrading my DMR. It's a good way to spend some time. Don't waste all your time playing video games, though. Read some books. Indulge in some sports. Keep the mind going. That's what I need to do more. I need to read more books. Less Warzone. Anyways, guys, episode one, super pumped. You know, this was just the first episode, going over some brief overviews of what's happening now. Love to do some deep dives. Love to get your guys' input, feedback, whatever you want. I'm here for it. I'm here in support. And check out my business episodes. I'll be dropping those once a month as of now unless I get a bunch more interviews. Kind of a challenge because of COVID. But if you guys are wanting to grow personally, grow professionally, learn about business, different industries, maybe you're unhappy where you're at and you want to have a different opportunity, I'm going to bring in front of you guys real world people that are very successful, that have worked their ass off to get where they are. And we're going to tell you guys what we've done to get to where we are. You know, If you want to know how to do a podcast or how to become a DJ or how to run a business, we'll tell you guys everything we know about it. No censorship, no bullshit. Business with buckets will tell you the truth. And you'll take something away. As long as you care, you want to grow and improve, you'll take some fucking notes and change your life a little bit. 2021, you know, this is going to be like, we just had a massive forest fire now. We're going to be shrubs that are growing. We're learning new things about ourselves. We're exploring. I'm getting into the podcast world. I'm here to stay. Can't wait. So see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Also, the Business and Buckets podcast is proudly sponsored by Fueled Supplements. My guy Josh Morin and his and his family are doing awesome things. I know he just moved over to Vegas. Super excited to start working with him in the partnership of sports and business and business and buckets. But if you're an elite athlete, a busy mom on the go, or you're just looking for a perfect product to suit your daily wellness needs. I know at the gym closed, got to focus on eating well, dieting, supplementing. Fueled Supplements has you guys covered. Choose from their selection of premium sports and wellness formulas backed by over 30 years of market experience. Whether you're trying to run a 4.040, lift 400 pounds, that's my goal. Not really, but that would be awesome. Or enjoy life for, you want to enjoy life for another 40 years. Field Supplements has a variety of products that align exactly to your specific goals. People helping people, small business, it's where it's at. Head to fieldsupplements.com and we'll help each other out. Use codes, use my code buckets to get 20% off. Not 5%, 10%, 15%, but 20% off. Use code buckets at fieldsupplements.com. I'll put the link in everything that you guys, that I post so you guys can check them out. But yeah, Field Supplements helping us rock and roll for 2021. Lots of things coming. Stay tuned.